to every lady out there and within the sound of my voice that could relate to any one of those things in that video, I want you to know something. You are fierce, you are brave, you are loved, you are God's masterpiece, and he is for you. God is for you. He's not against you. Today, on your way out, for every lady that is here, we have a gift, a little magnet for you to hang on your refrigerator or anywhere that you would look and see. And that magnet just simply reminds you that you are God's masterpiece. And he's for you. And as a church, we're for you too. We are for you too. Gentlemen, if you haven't located the tissues and you men need to dry your eyes after that video, there are some Kleenex boxes under uh, the seats nearby you. If you uh, have yet to wipe the sweat, I'm sure, uh, from your eyeballs, uh, you can do that. Today we're beginning a brand new series entitled Unscripted. What do we do with the unexpected moments in our lives? We're going to explore that for the next three weeks and look at it together. And if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn with me to 1 Samuel chapter 1. 1 Samuel chapter 1. And uh, we're going to read several scriptures today and look at one such story in the Bible. Today's message is entitled, Tiaras and Tears. Tiaras and Tears. And you're like, where is he going? You'll find out in a moment. Tiaras and Tears is the title of the message, and I want to read a story from the Bible, 1 Samuel chapter 1. We're going to read through it. Uh, This is what it says. There was a certain man from Ramathane, a Zuphite, from the hill country of Ephraim, whose name was Elkna. Now, Elkna had two wives. One was called Hannah, and the other, Peninnah. Peninnah had children, but Hannah had none. And the plot begins to thicken. Year after year, this man went up from his town to worship and sacrifice to the Lord Almighty at Shiloh, where Hophni and Phinehas, the two sons of Eli, who was the high priest at the time, were serving as priest of the Lord at that particular location. When the day came for Elkanah to sacrifice, check this out, he would give a portion of the meat to his wife Peninnah and her sons and daughters. But to Hannah, he gave a double portion. To Hannah, he gave a double portion because he loved her. Ladies, I hope you see yourself in that story today. That God loves you and wants to give you a double portion of his love today. A double helping of honor today. He, Elkanah, loved Hannah and gave her a double portion. And she was unable to have children. And that's one of the reasons why he did this for her. Now, because Hannah's womb was closed, her rival, her other sister wife, if you will, Peninnah, she would uh, every day, what is it, uh, verse, verse 6, uh, she kept provoking Hannah in order to irritate her. Now, fellas, just in case you've already tuned out thinking that this message is only going to apply to ladies, let us not move forward too quickly. Let us not be too hasty in that decision because how many of you, you don't have to raise your hands, have had people who constantly irritate you on purpose, 
and they live in your house. I'm serious. Don't raise your hand. Don't raise your hands. Don't do it, fellas. That's a trap. That's, don't do it. They're watching, I promise. Would irritate her. This went on for Hannah, between Hannah and Peninnah. For years, year after year, she would irritate Hannah. And whenever Hannah went up to the house of the Lord, her rival would provoke her until she wept. Talk about claws coming out. This lady was nonstop irritating to Hannah, nonstop pushing her buttons, nonstop criticizing, condemning, giving her dirty looks, making her feel like a terrible person year after year, and did it until Hannah would cry and not eat anything, Scripture tells us. Verse 8, her husband, Elkanah, would say to her, Hannah, why are, why are you weeping? Why don't you eat? <laughs> why are you so downhearted? And then he says such a man thing to say. Don't I mean more to you than ten sons? Always like guys, right? Always making it about them. Like, they don't know. They're just making it about them. Oh, your wife starts crying, and you don't know why she's crying. You just assume it's your fault, which is smart. You probably should assume such a thing. But it's not about you. It's about something else. So just deal with it. It'll be all right. I wonder if Hannah, at any point in this, in this, this interchange with, with Elkin, it was like, why am I crying? This isn't about me loving you. What are you, crazy? This is your fault. You brought the other woman into the life. Like, if it wasn't for her, I would be crying. And so, the, and like, he should have just kept his mouth shut. <laughs> right? He should have just kept it in. But I find it very interesting that Hannah was just so, so broken, so downhearted, because there was something deep that she wanted she wanted to have children. She desperately wanted to be a mom, but she couldn't. Now, once they had finished eating and drinking there in Shiloh, Hannah stood up. Now, Eli, the priest, he was sitting on his chair by the doorpost of the Lord's house, and in her deep anguish, Hannah prayed to the Lord, just weeping bitterly. And she made a vow saying, Lord Almighty, if you will only look on your servant's misery and remember me. In other words, don't forget me. God, please answer my prayer. Not forget your servant, but give her a son. Not just anyone. Give me a son. Give me, give me somebody that can help carry on the name because that, that was the big thing for her and for that day. It was, it was like if you didn't have children, then you didn't have real value which the Bible isn't condoning that behavior. It's just simply describing that that was the way that the world worked at the time. And so the, the thought was that if you could have children and you did have children, then you had greater value to society as a whole. Now, that's not true. That's not how God thinks. And God doesn't ever validate that thought process, but he does redeem that thought process. And she was weeping and saying, Lord, if you will remember me, almighty and give me a son, then I will give him to you for all of the days of his life. No razor will ever be used on his head. And as she kept praying to the Lord, Eli observed her mouth. Hannah was praying in her heart, and her lips were moving, but her voice was not heard. And Eli was like, uh, I think she's drunk. And said to her, how long are you going to stay drunk and put away your wine? Have you ever been in that place where you were going through something so deep, so hurtful, something was going on and you couldn't even articulate it to the people around you and they just assumed something of you that wasn't true? Like, you've probably been on the other side of that where 
you're, you're in the store and you see a mom and she is like unable to control her children and you can tell she's beside herself and doesn't know what to do and your first thought is, man, that's a terrible mom. But what you don't know is that while it looks like that on the outside, what's really going on is she just found out that her husband has been cheating on her and she doesn't know what to do. But she's gotta buy groceries and he's not around to take the kids, and you don't know the full story, you only see something on the outside, and I think we need to be careful that we're not so quick to judge the outside as what's going on in the inside, because hurt people hurt people, and there are hurting people all around us, people whose lives have gone off script, and we don't know what the real story is, and we need to have grace, But there's something even more painful about when people assume they know what's going on in your life and they don't really know what's going on in your life. And that can be painful. And so Hannah responds in verse T, not not so, my Lord. She replied, I'm a woman who's just deeply troubled. She begins to let him in on what's really going on. I've not been drinking wine or beer and I was pouring out my soul to the Lord. Oh, what a powerful thought. Isn't it good to know that no matter what it is you're facing, you can pour your heart out and your soul out to the Lord, right? Like, like when you don't know what to do with your kids, you can tell it, talk to the Lord about it. When you don't know which direction to go in your career, you can pour your heart out to the Lord and he wants to say something to you. Isn't it good to know, friends, that we have a friend who sticks closer than any other blood relative and his name is Jesus and he wants to be there for us always and forever? I think that's a great thing, and we can pour our soul out to the Lord. God is not afraid of your unfiltered life. He's not afraid of it. He welcomes it. You can share the unfiltered thoughts that you have with the Lord. You don't have to dress up and be all perfect and make it all so right. No, you can just be you before the Lord. Verse 16, don't take your servant for a wicked woman. I've I've just been praying out here my great anguish and grief. Then Eli answered, I love this. Go in peace and may the God of Israel grant you what you have asked of him. She said, may your servant find favor in your eyes. Then she went her way and ate something and her face was no longer downcast. Early the next morning, they arose and worshiped the Lord and there went back to their home at Ramah. Elkanah made love to his wife, Hannah, bound chicka, wow, wow. And the Lord Remember her. Come on, if you can't have a little fun and you can't find humor in scripture, where, where are you gonna where are you gonna find it? I'm telling you. And the Lord remembered her. So in the course of time, not the next day, not the next nine months, but in the course of time, she became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She named him Samuel, saying, Because I asked of the Lord for him. Because I asked of the Lord for him. I love stories like this in the Bible. I love them. See, the the thing is, I think in all of our lives, we love a good story, don't we? we? We love stories because in stories, we can see and understand certain things within that context that maybe we wouldn't have seen before. We can understand the meaning of life oftentimes when it's illustrated very well through a story. We can have moments of empathy and we can grasp difficult truths when we see them told to us in story form. This is why Jesus always told stories. 
Because we can kind of get it. We can see those truths lived out in real life when we see those stories. Now, the Bible is full of many amazing stories just like this that, that help us relate to humanity in a new way. It's, these stories help us see something about us and about God. And, and it's not wrong, but we do this often. As we read the story, we find ourselves wondering where we would fit into this story. And it's not wrong because we're just looking for a way to, to relate. Uh, can I relate to Elkanah? Can I relate to Hannah? Can I relate to Eli? Can I, can I relate to the, to the mean wife? How, who can I relate to and where am I in this particular story? And we often find ourselves trying to fit into these stories because we want to connect with those truths personally. And when we read the Bible, and unless it's the first time you're hearing the story, and for some of you, you're, you're kind of new to Scripture, and this may be the first time you've ever heard this story, and you were like, man, where's this story going? I, I think it's going to end good, but I don't really know. Unless it's your first time, you kind of already know the story. And the more you read the Bible and the longer you've been at church, it's really easy to forget that these are real people living real lives in real time. She doesn't know that God's gonna answer her prayer and give her a son named Samuel. You know that because you've read the story. You know what the script says. But when you're in that moment, it feels incredibly unscripted, just like your life. There are things that you hope finish out well as a story in your life situations that you have right now, moments that you've had in your life that you hope end a certain way, but you don't know that they're gonna end that way. Why? Because you're living a little off script right now. This isn't the script that you thought was gonna happen for your life. You didn't think that this is where your life would look like right now. You didn't think this is where your career would be at right now. You didn't think that this is what your children would act like by this stage. You didn't think that your marriage would be this cold at this stage. You thought it would be different. And it seems like life is unscripted and unexpected. And you're sitting there thinking, man, I can't relate to any of these stuff in the Bible because it all works out good and it seems like that. And while that's not entirely true because not all the stories end good, you forget that those are real people. And in the moment, all Hannah could do was see that what she most wanted wasn't coming true for her life. Why? Because it wasn't going according to script. I think... If we're honest, we would have to admit that we prefer our lives to follow script, wouldn't we? We like it when it follows the fairy tales that we've all read and seen. We, we like it when our lives follow out that script. You have a script for many areas of your life. You have a script for what you thought your family life would look like. You have a script for what you thought your friends would look like. You're going to graduate high school. You're going to go off to college, but you're all going to move back, and you're going to live two blocks away from each other, and then you're going to raise kids together, and they're going to be on ball teams together, and it's going to be wonderful, and it's going to be great. And then somebody has to move away, and it's like, whoa, wait, wait a second. That's not the script that I had planned for my friendships in my life. Or somebody backstabs you and starts spreading rumors about you. You're like, wait a second. I thought we were good friends, and now we're not, and it's not following the script and life becomes a little unscripted. You have a script for your finances. You've plotted it out by such 
such an age, you're going to have so much in the savings account, and then you're going to buy a house, and it's going to have a white picket fence around it, and you're going to have two dogs. One's going to be a chocolate lab. One's going to be a golden retriever, and it's going to be beautiful and, and wonderful. And, and then by a certain age, you're going to reach a certain point in your company where now you, you kind of get to leave office when you want, and you kind of have a little bit more freedoms, and then maybe you're going to start a new business, and then you're going to sell that business and start another business, and you've got your financial life mapped out, and then stuff starts hitting the fan. Like you have a child before you thought you were going to have a child, and they expensive, <laughs> and don't earn enough money to pay for what their expenses are, right? And then the car breaks down, and the air conditioner goes out, and then the air conditioner goes out again, and then it catches fire, and all sorts of stuff goes off script, and you're like, what is happening? This isn't supposed to be there. And your safe little nest egg of finances is no more. And you feel like life is now off script, and you're not sure what purpose is. You're not sure what to do next. You don't know what tomorrow holds. And where you once had confidence, now you're really shaky. And you're not sure what to expect next. Hannah was in this place. See, I'd imagine Hannah grew up like most girls. I have two daughters, my wife and I. One is 11 and one is five. And both of them, even to this day, but especially when even our oldest was youngest, love to pretend and daydream, right? You moms know what I'm talking about. You remember daydreaming. You remember standing in front of the mirror, singing and twirling. Oh, don't pretend, I know. You, you, my daughters, man, they love to dress up and every outfit requires one thing, the princess tiara. They gotta have that little crown on their head and they're dreaming about Prince Charming only do they know that I'm going to shoot Prince Charming. <laughs> like, they don't know what I got planned for Prince Charming. Oh, they don't know. But they're dreaming, and it's wonderful, and they live life with the tiara, and I bet you Hannah had that same thought process growing up because all girls daydream about that. They've already planned their wedding and the flowers, and who's going to stand with them, and the songs that they're going to sing, and the dance that's going to be the dance, and, and it's just going to be happily ever after with the tiara as a princess on their head for life. But for Hannah, that wasn't the case. What started with the tiara eventually became a life full of tears. See, while Hannah had great expectations and a script for her life, it went off script. She thought children would be her life story, but that was not the case. And when her story didn't follow script, she began to find herself in a, a place that maybe you can relate to. She began to find herself in a place full of comparison where she began to compare her life to Penina's life and all of the other wives in her village and community, she began to compare what their life looked like versus what her life looked like, what their story was versus what their story was. And this comparison began to creep into her life and she felt more devastated than ever before. And the tiara began to become tears. 
And it wasn't just comparison that, that, that really began to crush her in that moment. See, it also was criticism. There were words that were spoken to her where she didn't feel like she could measure up to other people and they reminded her that she wasn't like them. And it began to cripple something on the inside of her. And moms, I know you can relate because I don't think that it's ever been this bad. I'm so amazed uh, at how much comparison and criticism it seems like moms you end up going through. Because you don't pack a lunch like so-and-so's mom and you're not home for all the things and your story is different than their story and you have regrets that maybe other moms don't. And you're looking at all of the highlight reels of the other mom's lives, maybe on social media or the stories that you hear and this other mom gets to be classroom mom, but you can't be classroom mom because you got responsibilities and other things going on. You got life stuff and like you wish you could, but you can't do that. And you not only compare, but then you feel criticism and you feel shame and you just it just begins to uh, pile on, pile on and you feel like your life is just unexpected at one turn or another. Moms, I've got something to tell you. Do not let criticism and comparison steal your identity. Don't you let those lies begin to creep into your heart and into your mind and don't allow it to keep you from living God's best. Don't you do it. Hannah had to deal with it. I believe God wanted her to live her best and God wants you to live at your best. Here's here's the deal. When we find ourselves in these unexpected moments, you know what begins to really creep in? Uncertainty. Isn't that true? When your life begins to go off script, we're left with this feeling of complete uncertainty. And when uncertainty creeps in during these unscripted moments, we often become cloudy with our identity and our purpose. It's in the unscripted moments that we begin to lose sight of our identity. For Hannah, she, she lost complete sight of who she really was. She kept wanting to know, who am I? Am I valuable? Do I matter? When will this ever end? She lost sight of her identity. See, the, the thing of it is, Hannah's name, it means something pretty special. Hannah's name meant grace. Hannah's name meant charm. Hannah's name meant popularity meant favor, but she didn't feel like any of those things. Why? Because her identity became clouded by the surrounding uncertainty of her life that was now off script. When we wrap our identity around external factors, guys, gals, men, women, when you wrap your identity around external factors, when you wrap your identity around your job, when you wrap your identity around your net worth, when you wrap your identity around how good your kids are doing in sports, when you wrap your identity around externals, you will always find yourself weeping like Hannah. Her tiara became tears, and all she could offer was weeping, was weeping. Because life's unscripted moments often leave us in tears. But there's good news. Some of you are like, Pastor, I've been waiting for there to be good news for for at least 20 minutes now. I've been in tears since that video rolled. I know. Here's the good news. That God responds to your weeping with a whisper. When you find yourself in a moment where all you can do is weep because 
life has been uncertain and you know life has gone unscripted and you find yourself in a place of heartache and desperation and you're weeping, God comes and he's trying to whisper to you. And when that whisper shows up, it changes everything. It changes everything. Think about it. Hannah was there weeping before the Lord, and then the prophet came, or the priest came, rather, and the priest would often represent God in a situation. And he says, listen, have peace. The Lord has heard you today. And the Bible says that immediately she got up, her countenance changed, and she began to eat something. Something changed inside of her. I'm telling you, one word from God will forever change the situation that you find yourself in. One whisper from God and your entire story starts to find purpose again. One whisper from the Lord. One whisper. See, weeping is a natural response. But one word from our Father can bring supernatural restoration into your heart and soul. Just one whisper. If you're weeping, if you find yourself in a season where you just feel weeping and it's just not working out and you're unsure and uncertainty has mounted in big ways in your life, take courage, my friends, because there's a whisper from God on its way. And he wants to whisper something into your story that will forever change your life. I came to tell somebody today that God still whispers to his children. God still is in the whispering. God wants to speak to you personally. God, God wants to whisper to you. What does he want to say to you? What, maybe he wants to share something practical with you, a step that you can take. Maybe he wants to share a promise with you. That promise may be something that you need to hold on to in this season because he's wanting to give you something to hold on to in your future. He wants to whisper a promise to you. He wants to whisper some purpose into your life. You're not sure what's going on and why it's going on, but he wants to whisper purpose behind the uncertainty that you might be feeling. He wants to whisper, I love this. He not only wants to whisper that, but he wants to whisper his passion for you. He wants to whisper his passion for you. God is passionate for you. He knows where you are. He knows the struggles that you're going through. He knows the things that you're weeping about, and he wants to whisper his unending, undying, unfailing love and commitment to you. He wants to whisper that he is for you. He wants to whisper it to you. Just this last week, I got an email from a young mom in our church, and she had been walking through kind of a, 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 a season of tension with some uh, family members who live in another part of the country. And she told me that uh, as she was here in worship last week, just worshiping to the Lord, that the Lord whispered something to her of his passionate love for her. And it forever changed the game for her. Everything that was uneasy now is at peace. Everything that she was doubting, now she was confident in. Why? Because one whisper from God changes everything. One whisper from God. God still whispers to his children. I know you might be sitting there, that's great. I know God whispers to some, but he doesn't want to whisper to me. No, 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 no. I want you to know, you can hear God's whisper too. Will you say that? Say, I can hear God's whisper. 
you can hear God's whisper. You can, it's not just reserved for super good religious people. It's not good for only certain moms who have everything together. It's not only for this or only for that. No, you personally can hear God's whisper. You might be sitting there thinking, I've never heard God's whisper. Well, let me tell you where God's whisper likes to show up. God's whisper shows up in his word through scripture. Have you ever been reading and something just kind of leaps out at you and you're like, oh, man, that verse is really what I needed. You know what that was? That was a whisper from God for you. He whispers through scripture. God likes to whisper through the Holy Spirit where the Holy Spirit whispers something and it's almost like an audible voice on the inside and you're just like, man, that's, that's a really good, I, I needed to hear that, hear that whisper. The Holy Spirit wants to whisper to you. Not only can you hear God's whisper through the Holy Spirit and through the scriptures, but you can hear it through what the Bible often refers to as like an inner witness. It's like your seamer on the inside. Like it just seems good to you to do this. It just seems like the right thing to do. It just seems like this is where God is leading you to do. You've never heard a voice outside. It's not been a thought that comes in your mind. It just seems good to you. That's, that's the whisper of God. He likes to speak through the inner witness in your life. Not only does he want to speak through the inner witness in your life, he likes to speak through authorities, spiritual authorities, Parents are authorities in your life. God uses other people to whisper something to you. I can't tell you the number of times that I've been with my pastor or been with other spiritual leaders or other people that I've respected that had authority in my life that they said something that it was like, hit me here. And I was like, oh, I know that's from God. That's exactly what I needed to hear. It's like wise, it's something that you need and God speaks through, through authorities in our lives, helping us to navigate and be there. God wants to whisper through prophecy. He speaks through prophecy. Just this last year, uh, a friend sent me an email, and it, in that email was this, this word that God had shared something with her, and she felt like it was for me, and she shared it with me, and it was right on. I mean, every little bit of it, it was right on, and it was exactly what I needed. It brought encouragement in a time where I was very uncertain about some things. Specifically with our church, I was very unsure about some things. And this, this word came through her. She lives in another part of the country. She sent it to me, and it was right on exactly what I needed to hear to bring a sense of certainty in the midst of an unexpected turn in my life. God wants to whisper that way. The last way God likes to whisper to us is with wise, wise counsel. Have you ever been talking with a friend, and they said something, and it was like, yep, no, that's, that's the truth. That's what I need to do. Yep, that's, that's from God. That's... That's exactly what I needed. We all need friends like that, spiritual friends that can help give wise counsel. Any and all of those ways are the ways the Lord wants to whisper to you personally. The question is, are you listening? Don't let the uncertainty of your life speak louder than the whisper of God. Don't let your tears be so loud that you can't hear God's whisper and his tenderness to you. God wants to whisper to you. Here's the deal. As we begin to wrap things up, whole entire sermon in one sentence, here it is. I, I came, did all of that to tell you this one thing. 
during life's unscripted moments, listen for God's whisper that will silence your uncertainties. During your life's unscripted moments, when you know things aren't going according to plan, it's in that moment you need to pause and start listening for the whisper of God. Because it is only a whisper from God that will silence the screams of uncertainty that you're hearing right now. If uncertainty has been screaming and fear has been right in your face, it's time to listen for the whisper. Pastor, how, how do I hear? I mean, I know that we hear it through scripture and other people, and ah, but, but how do I hear it? How can I? I mean, I'm not a, I, I'm just... I'm just a farmer. I'm just a guy who welds for a living. I, I just, I'm just a mom. I'm just a teacher. I just, man, I, I'm just an admin. I work in an office somewhere. I, I stick people with needles as a nurse for a living. Like, how do I hear from God? How do I hear his whisper? You say I can, but how do I do that? Here's how. First thing you need to do, silence the noise. You need to find a quiet place. Put on a movie for the kids. Go to your room. Turn off your phone and silence everything around you. Second thing, start praising God. Silence everything. Just start praising God. Start thanking God that he's good. God, you're good. You are good. When you get done praising God just for a moment, then you begin to share your request. What is it you've been weeping about? Where is it that you need God to speak? What do you need God to whisper? Do you need him to whisper a promise? Do you need him to whisper a practical step? Do you need him to whisper his love and his passion for you? What do you need? Ask him for it. God, I don't know what to do with my kids. They're, they're everywhere and I'm, I've disciplined. I've taken things away. I've reprimanded. I don't know what to do. God, show me what to do next. God, my, I don't know what to do on my job. My boss is demanding more, and I don't feel like I have enough. What do I do? God, show, speak to me in this thing. God, I need you to speak to me. God, I'm frazzled. I'm working 75 hours every week, and I don't feel like I can catch up. Lord, what do I do? Share your request to the Lord. Silence the noise. Start with praise. Share your request. Fourth thing, how do, what do you do? How do you hear God's whisper? Number four, you just stop and listen. Stop and listen. You shared your request. Now shut up. Just stop. Listen. And then the thoughts that you begin to hear, not sure if it's God, you're not, just scribble them down. Just write them down because you'll forget. You'll have to go cook dinner. You'll have to go mow the yard. You'll forget it. You'll sleep and not remember it. So scribble it down. Scribble it down. Then, last thing, to know for sure. I mean, I heard something, but I don't know if it was God or that pizza or just a weird movie I watched. Like, I don't know. It could have been just lyrics to a country song. I was just, I don't know. I'm not sure. Is it God? I don't know. Well, since you scribbled it down, submit it to God's word. Does it match what God says in his word? You're like, I don't know. I, I don't know the Bible that well. Then find somebody who doesn't ask them. 
submit it to them and say, hey, does this sound like God? This is what I thought I heard. God whispered to me, does this sound like God? And every time you're in a season of uncertainty, all you can do is weep. changed everything for Hannah. And that same whisper changed everything for her son Samuel. Because he heard God's voice at a young age. And it was that whisper that he learned to lean into that then allowed Samuel to be the prophet of God that ushered in a whole new generation. Thousands of people began to follow God because of Samuel's life. And it all started with one Father, there are many in this room that find themselves in an unscripted moment. They feel uncertain, they feel unsure, and they're dealing with the unexpected from every which way life is not going according to script. The tiara is gone and the tears are now present. God, it's during these uncertain moments, may we listen for your whisper that will silence the screams of uncertainty in our life. This week, God, help us to hear from you. And Lord, if there are any, not just ladies, but men alike, within the sound of my voice, who doubt your goodness or doubt that you are for them, may they know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you are the author of their story. And while it seems unscripted from our vantage point, you are the author who's writing a new storyline and a sense of purpose into our story. So may we just trust you and listen for the whispers this week. God, I pray that many would hear your voice for the first time as we silence the noise, start with praise, share our requests, sit in silence, scribble down what we hear, and we submit it to your word. Transform us today. Bring comfort where only you can bring comfort. We love you. In Jesus' name.